0: Well hey this is James. Welcome to the podcast. This is Journey Church and we're a church that exists so that people will meet Jesus and journey with him. We're in our launch team phase right now and so what you're going to hear in this podcast are recordings from our launch team huddles as we prepare, put in work, and lay the groundwork creating the culture for who we're going to be and who we are as a church, as we get ready for our grand opening in March of 2022. So come on in behind the scenes, take a listen, and my hope is that you will join us for the journey, because the journey continues. Let's listen. Now, what I really wanna talk to you about tonight is laundry. How do you do your laundry? You separate it like colors and whites? Okay. You just you just throw it all in. And then it's on cold. And then you do it on cold? Yep. All cold, throw it all in. All cold, throw it all in. You're with Dave, all cold, throw it all in. No. Okay. What do you what do you do? Hot hot and cold cold colors. Hot hot white, cold cold colors. And you do the bleach with the whites? You do no bleach, right? Okay, no bleach. And I separate my clothes from his clothes. Oh yeah. Do you separate colors and clothes? I separate my children. So y'all do darks, whites, yours, darks, whites, his. Not No. Okay. So you're not washing his underwear with your shirts. I got you. Okay. Yes, my dog goes <laughs> too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, my dog stuff does not get washed at all in my, in my... Towels are set right, out. now I wouldn't wash my dog yeah. stuff with my stuff. Yeah, one goes on your body and the other goes on food or... So what do you, what, what water temperature do you use? For cold? I mean for, white? I don't know. Okay, hot. Or if the color is cold so they don't fade. Gotcha. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. and then uh, colors are cold-fold. And I have my scram wash, my detergent, yeah. my softener. Wow. And oh, I, switch from I, the love pa- love I switch love from love. the things that you put in your dryer to my little wool balls and to my sprays <laughs> so that it's eco-friendly and it helps with huh. static. I use Odovan in my yeah, we use uh, towels. Yep. So little, too. Little, I have, like, multiple little, things, too. Yeah, I wash them. Okay. I have some homemade, like, mixed water and uh, essential oils. So what detergent do you guys use? Tide. Tide? Please. Whatever on oh, sale. Whatever's on sale. <laughs> okay, <you're right>. Purex. <laughs> Purex. <laughs> Gain. No, we don't. Oxi. Oxyclean. On sale, oh, no, fresh and clean. Whatever, like, Or well, whatever it added. is with oxy or something. Yeah, something. With well, we have, my daughter has skin conditions, so we can only use certain things. Right, so okay. So, I wish we could get the scent of beans, no, but...
1: No. Right, not yeah. liquid all the way there. Yeah. yeah. Not, not no. liquid. Or the like, little pods. Oh, yeah,
0: pods yeah. are nice, but I feel yeah. like you don't get your money's worth. They go so fast. I think they feel like they leave that sticky residue. They yeah. can. Yeah. If they they're, they're not, you yeah, they can. They, get they get it. left it on my black yeah. pants, and I was really mm-hmm. upset about it. What, the pods? Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. No. Tide pods? Uh-huh. Yeah. Like oh. If they don't melt right, they don't have a lot of water. Oh, if they don't, yeah. Yeah. No, I don't believe in that. It doesn't really work because it's so much. And all like, borax soap mm-hmm. all over my clothes. Oh, gotcha. And that's why I, I don't So, I think most of you are doing your laundry wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and I found Irene and I were doing our laundry wrong. Here's... How you should do your laundry with cold water cold cold water separating your darks and whites and using tide here's why so so that's if you care about the environment of course So Procter and Gamble makes Procter and Gamble, Gamble makes everything in your kitchen and laundry room and closets. Uh, they make things like Loves, Pampers, Swiffer, Bounce, Downy, Gain, uh, Puffs, Always, Always with Wings, Tampoc, Tampax, Gillette, Dawn, Febreze, Crest, Oral-B, Scope, Mr. Clean, Vicks, Zequil, Old Spice, Charmin, Tide, and Cascade just to name a few. So they make so many different brands that you know and love. And if you go to the north side of Cincinnati, to the Procter & Gamble Fabric & Home Care Innovation Center, you'll find this massive room that they have set up with about a hundred different washing machines, all kinds of washing machines, uh, LG, Samsung, Uh, what washing machine do you have, Whirlpool, HG, or GE, (laughs) GE, she like HGTV, yeah, so they have this massive room set up with at least 100 different washing machines, Japanese washing machines, top load washing machines, front load washing washing machines, and um, You know, we wash about 25 billion loads of laundry every year. And so in this massive room with all these washing machines, they're all connected by a network of black pipes uh, that can send water to any of these washing machines so that they can duplicate the different uh, washing um, factors. in almost any city wherever Procter & Gamble detergents are sold. Uh, So they can mimic the typical temperature, water hardness, chlorine concentration of every major laundry situation. Again, wherever Procter & Gamble products are sold. So if you want to simulate how a Tide Pod washes whites in a late model LG front loader in Prince George County here in Virginia, you can do that. If you want to see how Powdered Gain washes a mix of darks and whites in Salt Lake City using warm water and a top load Samsung washer, you can do that. Like they can duplicate, they can replicate all these different instances in um, this innovation center. And um, in this facility in Cincinnati, the amount of people working just in research and development just in detergents. So remember, Procter & Gamble makes all kinds of products, uh, diapers, feminine hygiene products, cleaning products. The amount of people working in the research development department for just detergents is over a couple hundred people working for detergents. And over the past several decades, they've been doing their work centered around this one question how do we do our laundry more environmentally uh like good for the environment and also more efficient and just so you know the most environmentally friendly way to do laundry isn't about getting environmentally friendly detergent it's not about what's in your detergent that that is going to help you be environmentally friendly Uh, what's so hard on the environment is the water that we use. And uh, washing our our clothes in cold water is the most environmentally friendly way to do laundry. And so if you move from washing your clothes in warm water to cold water, you cut down on energy use by 70%. If you wash your clothes moving from hot water to cold water, you cut down on energy use by 90%. So if you care about the environment, washing in cold water is the way to go. The problem is detergent works better in hot water. So, and the reason is because the surfactant and enzymes and chelants in the detergent adhere to soil and body odor better when hot water hits it. So the people at Procter and Gamble have focused their efforts on making a detergent where the surfactants, the polymers, and the enzymes in their detergent work more efficiently in cold water. They do have that. <laughs> yeah, <Sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's that's what they're doing. Yeah. So they've said they've said how do we direct all of our effort, energy, and attention into making this detergent more effective in cold water, so that people can wash using cold water so that we can be more environmentally friendly. Hundreds of people in the research and development department of Procter and Gamble for decades have given their life's work to how do we wash clothes better in cold water, All right? See, the truth is people give their time, effort and energy into the things that they deem to be important. You got to be passionate about doing laundry. Effectively, efficiently, environmentally friendly, to give years of your life researching how do we make better detergent to work better in cold water. See, we give our time, effort, and energy into the things that we deem to be important. If you don't think it's important, you're not gonna spend decades of your life (laughs) trying to figure that out. But I love it that this company has put so much effort and energy into figuring this out. They have a room filled with a hundred washing machines, front load, top load, all different brands with a network of pipes leading to them so that they can replicate washing conditions wherever Procter & Gamble detergents are sold. They're going all in on this. They are bringing it in the detergent game. They're not just mailing it in. They're serious about detergent. Again, we give our time, effort, and energy to the things that we deem as important, not to what we say is important. There's a difference there. Because you could say something is important, but you don't really believe that it's important. Our actions and attitudes show what really matters to us. Your actions and attitudes show what really matters to you, not your words. And Jesus explained it this way with a with a different metric. In Matthew 6:21, he said, Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Wherever your money goes, your heart follows. So I know you say that that's really important, but just look at what you spend your money on. That's what's really important. Why? Because we care about our money. When the church talks about money, sometimes people say the church just talks about money, the church just wants my money. No, here, I'll just lay it out so there's no surprise that, we want your money not because we want your money but because we want you because what I know is that when you give your money you give your heart when somebody tithes when somebody gives to God through the church that's where their heart is and I'm not saying that that's what Jesus said where your treasure is there your heart will be also well I love the church I love God but you hadn't given a dime I know you said that, but that's not true. That's not me saying it. I wish it was different. I wish I could preach something else. This, this, this isn't about money tonight, though. But where we put our money shows what we deem as important. Not about what we say. It's about what we do. And so, speaking of money, I do wanna I do wanna mention this. Uh, I was looking at our our budget and what um, has been given, and I'm looking at uh, just kind of where we are. And so, I want to offer this incentive for the rest of the year. For everybody who comes to our launch team meetings, starting Thursday next Thursday, September 16th, if you come to every single launch team meeting until the end of the year, that's eight of them, then we're going to give you a $1,000. So when you come to those launch team meetings every other week, at the end of the year, whoever came to all of them gets a $1,000. We're not really doing that. But <laughs> like, if yeah, we oh, did, if yeah. we I did, like, so, OK, good. <laughs> So, but if we did, I wonder how many would say, oh, I'm being there. Oh, oh, uh, I'm, I'm going to figure out a way to get there. You know, I'm going to set this aside to make sure that I'm there. Something came up. No, I'm going to tell them, sorry, I can't because I got this launch team model to go to. Right. And if that's the case, if there was a financial incentive to or forget a launch team, come to church, On Sunday two months in a row right if if there's a financial incentive there or forget come serve in a church on a regular if there's a financial incentive there and you would do it which oftentimes I mean if there's a financial incentive we're like I'm gonna do whatever it takes to make it happen and here's how you know it's true because you do it with your job because you do it with your job your job tells you cut your hair If you're in the military, you cut your hair. You got a financial incentive there. You got to provide. You got to, that might not, I'm not going to tell you to cut your hair. I don't think you'd do it if I I asked you to. I wouldn't. But there's a financial incentive there. You'll do it because the money's there, because your job's there, because security's there, because it's important to you to provide for your family, to provide for yourself. So you'll do it. For our jobs, we do all kinds of things where if it comes to church even if it comes to our family i got called into work i gotta go but we wouldn't say to our job i've already made plans with my family i gotta stay right sometimes sometimes uh-huh. all, the time. all right when i was working well that's a bad example then forget i said that <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well here's okay. Crazy at home that I'm really going so I said it for the family. Let me let me make it to what I do have experience in it when it comes to church. Yes. Oh, I gotta work. I can't. Okay, there. How's that? Not sorry. I'm scheduled to serve at my church. I can't come into work. Yeah. Yeah. I'll use that example. I didn't want to just use every church as an example for all of it, but I use that example because that does happen. So it's just it's about value. It's about value, so my hope is, as we uh, gear up towards what we're about to launch, you see this as so important, you see it as so valuable, you decide I'm going to bring it. Not not because there's a financial incentive, because there's not. But if there was a financial incentive, I, I wonder if there would be some who who would make it more of a priority to be part of this, you know. But my hope is that it, it's not because of a financial incentive, but it's because you realize what we're doing matters. Like we're laying the groundwork to start this church where people are gonna meet Jesus and they're gonna journey with Him. We're laying the groundwork so that I can be part of a church that's gonna be life transforming for me. I'm gonna be a part of a church that's gonna help my family. I'm gonna be a part of a church that's gonna help my friends. I'm gonna be a part of a church where I'm gonna grow and so of course I'm all in. Of course I'm giving my all. Of course I'm gonna bring it and make it a priority. My hope is that you see the value in what we're doing Beyond anything monetarily that I can offer you. Those are the incentives though. Yeah, that's what I was just, what you right. just mentioned all of that. Are the incentives. Exactly. So, but not everybody sees that. And what I wanna do is I wanna lay the groundwork for every single person here to help you see that. And what I have to regularly do is check my why am I doing this? What is my motivation? Am I as all in as I thought I was you know and so you're right those are the incentives because because and my hope is that you see the value of what we're doing and what we get to be a part of and that's why you would sacrifice like you do that's why you would give the time that you do that's why you would make it a priority like you do because we're doing a great work and this great work will not happen with half-hearted commitment I really got home all I love it I love it. Okay. He says, Well, I'm off Veterans Day, and I can take off days around that. The so weekend doesn't take a long weekend for I said, Okay. How about if I come out the Wednesday for work Veterans Day, and then I'll fly back the Wednesday after yeah, so I figure, like okay, I'll only miss one Sunday. Yeah. Right. So he says, Okay, so I put the flight, send everything out to them. I go online, I read your email, your message. <laughs> we switched into Thursdays. To Thursdays, but not that Thursday. Right. <laughs> so, you're like, yes, this is great, I know, right? And I love, and that's the attitude that I'm talking about, right? Now look, go on vacation. You got something coming up, I get it. You're sick, don't come up in here with the vid, right? You've been around somebody and you might be, you know, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I love that attitude and, that, and it's that idea, man, like, because this isn't my church that I'm building. This is our church that we're part of and we get to do this. And that's the attitude of bringing it. Because here's the thing too, it's not just about money. Money isn't a huge incentive for people who really get it. So I love, as I was bringing that up, about if I were to offer you $1,000, would you, and you know, some of you are like, no, I wouldn't even take it, or I'd uh, give it back or whatever. And some of you are like, think you can do that i don't think we can either and i wouldn't i wouldn't because it's it's your money that you're giving back to god and so it's like yeah but money isn't always the incentive here here's how i know that cam newton was a quarterback for the patriots last year and they signed him on again for this year but they just let him go he was signed on for a one-year contract for six million dollars they also signed Mac Jones as their quarterback. His contract is a four-year contract for 16 million dollars. What? Cam Newton was gonna get paid a million dollar or six million dollars in a year. Mac Jones is getting four million dollars over four years. Four million dollars a year to get to that 16 million. Mac Jones is getting paid less than Cam Newton was per year. Cam Newton was let go from the Patriots just recently. Mac Jones is their quarterback now. What was said about Mac was that he was quick to learn, he was ready to adapt, and he just performed better. So even though the incentive, and for any of us, a million dollars would be great incentive. Yeah. But even though the incentive was greater for Cam Newton at $6 million a year, he wasn't, putting in the, he wasn't bringing it like he needed to to stay on the team. But Mac Jones brought it. It wasn't about the money. It's about do you get it? Do you understand that you're part of something great and you bring it? And here's the thing about bringing it. We know when somebody brings it. Like, I think we would say for those people at Procter & Gamble, they're bringing it. They're bringing it, man. A hundred different washing machines connected to this network of black pipes so they can mimic all these different washing variables all over the world. They're serious about that, man. They're bringing it. And we know when somebody's bringing it, when they bring their all. And so, in a football game, right? If you play a football game or you play any sports, you get hyped up. For me and Irene, we play volleyball. So, beforehand, we'd get our team together and be like, let's go. We're going to bring it in this game. When we would serve on Sundays, we got everybody together. We did a huddle. We brought it in. We want to bring it for what we're about to do. In, in a competition, if you're competing against somebody and you, and you want a good competition, you're going to tell them, bring it. You better bring it, right? you felt this before. You know this attitude. In, in the face of adversity or if life throws you something difficult, if if you're ready to persevere and you're ready to take it on, you say to whatever's facing you, bring it on. Because I'm bigger. I'm stronger. I'm going to get through this, right? You, you look your enemy. You look your adversary in the face and say, bring it because you're gonna bring it, right? Uh, if you wanna help somebody tap into something deeper, you tell them, is that all you got? Come on, bring it, right? If you're training in Muay Thai or you're, you're playing, you're doing whatever, you're trying to help somebody take it to the next level, you're like, that's it? Come on, I know you got more than that, you better bring it. You, you wanna help somebody grow past what's stopping them And so we bring it in a football game when we lose our minds when our team scores. We go crazy. We bring it on a first date because we want to impress, right? You don't just show up and mail it in, but you do your makeup, you take a shower, you put on a smelling good, you open the door, you bring it, you go to a nice restaurant because you want to impress. We bring it in the gym if we're seeking a PR. I got to lift this weight. If not, it's going to crush me. So I'm going to bring it. We bring it at work if we want to get that promotion. We bring it to close that deal. We bring it when a deadline's approaching. We bring it in crunch time. And so I think we all understand this idea of bringing it. You gotta bring your all. You gotta bring your A game. You gotta come strong. You gotta give it all. And we also understand the concept of not bringing it. Right, it's a championship game and your team loses. And it's terrible. And it's one thing if your team brought it, if they gave their all. You know, you'd be like, man, we lost, but it was a good game. They played their hardest. But if they didn't and the game sucks, you're like, we didn't bring it. Man, that quarterback, he didn't bring it. He didn't do his job. They didn't catch, whatever. Um, You know, on that project, the person you're working with, they're not pulling their weight. You're like, man, they just didn't bring it. That's why we didn't. That's why we didn't uh, seal the deal. That's why the company didn't go with us because we didn't bring it. We we know when we bring it and when we don't bring it, and we can spot it in other people. I think it's um, it's easy for us to tell when we're bringing it because we get excited about it. We're like, yeah, I, I gave it my all and all this stuff. I think it's easy to tell when somebody else brings it. I think it's easy to tell when somebody doesn't bring it, because you can spot it in them and you're like, "Uh uh-uh, you didn't measure up. I think it's hardest to spot it in us when we don't bring it. Sometimes when we're not prideful, sometimes when we embrace humility, we'll say, I didn't bring my all. Sometimes when we're willing to admit ownership, we'll say that. But I think most of the times when we don't bring it, we make excuses. We blame other people well, they didn't come through, or, well, I didn't, or this happened, and my husband didn't wake me well, up after he said <laughs> Yeah. See, what happens is when we don't bring it, we got all the excuses in the world. We got all the reasons in the world. We can get defensive. But I want to be the kind of people where we bring it no matter what, and when we don't, we own up to it. And we say, you know, I didn't bring it this time, but I'm going to bring it next time. I'm going to give my all next time. I'm going to do everything I can next time. So I want to ask you in your life, as you think about where you are right now, are you bringing it? Are you bringing it in your marriage? Are you showing up, giving your all? Are you just like, dear God, here we go again (laughs) at your workplace? Are you bringing it? Are you, are you the best pancake-flipping person at your job, if that's what you do at IHOP? I don't think any of y'all work at IHOP. Are you the best counselor at your job? Are you the best teacher at your job? Are you the best... Are are you bringing it in your spiritual life? Are you giving your all? Or are you... Or is your spiritual life non-existent? You know, Zig Ziglar actually... Um, mapped out these seven areas of life called the wheel of life. And these are uh, the seven, he said, most important areas of our life where if we're going to live a happy, healthy life, then we need to bring it in all of these areas. And so I just want to go through these real quick. And I want to ask you, and I'll give some different examples, just to think through in your own life. um, Are you bringing it or are you barely making it? Are you bringing it or are you mailing it in? Are you giving your all or are you barely making it happen? And I'll tell you this, there are seasons in our life where we do mail it in. And if you're there right now, don't beat yourself up over it. Just recognize it. And, and, and maybe maybe you need to let this area lacks or lapse a little bit so that you can focus in some other area right now. But don't let it be that way forever. The problem is sometimes we, we let something lapse and we let it stay there. <laughs> And then 10 years later, we're like, well, I guess I should probably address that. So here's the seven different areas I just want to go over. He says spiritual. So are you bringing it, spending a dedicated time with God, reading His Word, praying, and implementing what you read and actually living it? In your spiritual life, are you bringing it by having a dedicated time with God? God. A dedicated time with God a dedicated time with God I'm not talking about you know just as you're driving or as you're in the shower or whatever it is do you have a dedicated time where you're spending time with God reading His Word spending time in silence and prayer allowing His Holy Spirit to speak to you and lead you and guide you and then are you living out what you're learning Are you committed to meeting with a body of believers? Are you serving when the opportunity is there? Are you kind? Are you compassionate? Are you loving? Are you forgiving? Do you dispense grace? Are you actively sharing your faith with people, living as an example of light in a dark world? Are you bringing it? And if there there are some areas that I just mentioned in your spiritual life where you're like, nope, nope, nope. Come on, it's time to bring it. It's time to decide. It's time to do it. How about in your family? Do you show up living out the verbs of 1 Corinthians 13 with your family? Love is patient. Are you patient? Love is kind. Are you kind? Love is not envious. It's not boastful, not rude, not self-seeking. Keeping no record of wrongs, not delighting in evil, but rejoicing with the truth. Love always protects, hopes, trusts, and perseveres. So are you living out these verbs with the people in your family? Are you bringing it in your listening and serving game? Right? Are you quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry? Are you quick to serve your kids, your husband, your wife? Your parents? Do you bring it in your tone of voice and your attitude? Or do you need to check your tone? Do you need to watch your attitude? Collectively, is your family running recklessly with and toward Jesus, or is it just you? Man, I hear this all the time. People who are married to somebody, and it's like, she won't. He won't. How can I get my husband too? How do I get my wife too? Man, I don't know if you've had this, if you live in this situation, I don't know if you've had this conversation with the person that you're married to, but how sad is it that the thing that I hold most dear to me, you don't, and we don't have that in common. And if there's anything that I would want more for our marriage, more for our relationship, it's that we would both run together towards Jesus in the same direction. We can talk about laundry, we can talk about kids, we can talk about our future, we can talk about money, we can talk about all that stuff. Oh, but I want to share with you what God is doing in my life. And I want you to share what God is doing in your life. And I want us to walk together towards Jesus. I don't know if you've had that conversation And if you have had that conversation and it hasn't gone well, then I think it's good to say, why is this not going well? (laughs) Why is this conversation we're having not going well? Because it goes deeper. There's something here. You're the person I love most in the world next to Jesus. And I want us to be able to share this together. So are you collectively running recklessly with and toward Jesus with your kids? Are you fully present? Are you bringing your all to them in the moments that you're with them? Or are you distracted most of the time? How about physically? What goals are you chasing after physically? What's your next PR? What's your next pace goal, your next distance goal? Are you eating food realizing it's fuel for the machine that's your body? are you eating it just because it tastes good? Hopefully it does taste good. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Bringing it also means getting enough sleep. It means getting enough rest. Bringing it means having margin in your life. Because you gotta take care of yourself that way too. Self-care is not just manicures and massages. Self-care is boundaries and rest and Sabbath and taking care of your self. It's eating right. It's staying physically active, hydrated. Bringing it in your physical life means refusing to get drunk or drink too much. Would you five years from now look at you today and say thank you so much for taking your taking care of yourself physically you brought it or would you five years from now say what are you doing you showed up but not to the gym you showed up to the buffet now look at me five years later are you bringing it physically i'll stop there are you bringing it intellectually What are you currently learning right now? What books are you reading? What podcasts are you listening to? This one when I'm not here. (laughs) I got you, Sophie. (laughs) How are you getting better at a skill or understanding something? What new things are you figuring out and doing that you've never done before? Are you bringing it intellectually, or are you just showing up in front of Netflix on a nightly basis? Social. How's your support system? Have you made church a priority and then getting to know people and build with people a priority? Are you bringing it in your friendships? Are you the one to call? Are you the one to text? Are you the one to check in? Are you the one to initiate the hangout? Nobody ever hangs out. Nobody ever calls me. Nobody ever texts me. They're not gonna bring it. You gotta bring it. Are you? Financial. Are you telling your money where to go by creating a monthly budget? Are you wondering where it went? Have you made the tithe A priority in your finances, trusting God? Or do you keep saying, well, I'll get around to it? Let me ask you financially, what does your future look like? Are you investing? When you retire, are you going to be set because you're investing? Are you going to be working at Walmart as a greeter at 80 years old? Ain't nothing wrong with working at Walmart as a greeter at 80 years old if you want to but it's a blessing. you don't want to have to. Yeah, you don't want to have to because you didn't set aside an investment plan. Are you bringing it to your debt? Knocking it out with massive payments because you're sick and tired of being a slave to MasterCard, of being a slave to the car companies, of being a slave to the government because of student loans? Or have you decided to live with your debt like it's an unwanted, annoying, but acceptable roommate? Career, this was the last one. I'll post these to the groups, uh, to the group page too. I see you guys are taking notes thoroughly, so thank you for doing that. <laughs> but I'll post this so you can have it as well. Career, are you killing it at your career? No matter what you do, are you bringing it to be the best at what you do? So if you clean houses, be the best house cleaning person ever. If you do customer service, be the best customer service given person ever. If you're retired, What cause, what mission, what purpose are you giving your life to that's greater than just kicking back? Because you still got life to live. You still got something to give. Is your job a JOB to pay the bills? Are you bringing it in your career so that you can advance, promote, and transition to do what you love? Because maybe you hate your job now, but you're not destined to work there for the rest of your life. You can do what you love. Are you making the steps to? get there. So out of those seven areas, are you bringing it? Are you showing up short? It requires looking this over and figuring out one thing in each of those areas that I'm gonna do. Don't try and tackle all of it all at once. Don't try and change your life all tomorrow. You're gonna get overwhelmed and fail. But pick one, one thing in one area And say, I'm going to focus on this for the next week, for the next month, for the next whatever. And maybe it's just your attitude. That when you wake up in the morning, you say, thank God I woke up. Thank God I have a job. And today when I go into work, I'm going to give my all. I'm not going to be the kind of person who says, dear God, it's Monday. Thank God it's Friday. I'm going to be that kind of person who says, thank God it's Friday because this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I'm going to bring it today. Are you bringing it? All right, let me uh, fly through the rest of this because I do want to get to this. I just believe that so many of us show up short because bringing it requires hard work. When we bring it, it requires effort, it requires discipline. See, the thing is, we all want the results that bringing it brings, we want the abs. We want the money, we want the status, we want the breakthrough, we want the connection, we want the closeness, the wisdom, the security, the support. We want all the results that bringing it brings, but we don't always want to bring it. We don't want to do the hard work associated with it. Ronnie Coleman, eight-time Mr. Olympia, said this, Everybody want to be a bodybuilder, but don't nobody want to lift no heavy-ass weight. I want to be the kind of person who brings it. I want to be the kind of person who's willing to do whatever it takes to make it happen. I want to give my all in all I do. I want to love well. I want to lead well. I want to listen well. I want to work well. I want to support well. I want to encourage well. I don't want to be afraid to lift no heavy ass weight. Now I might not always get it right. I might fail. I might falter but I'll be damned if I'm not going to try. I want to give my all. Because at the end of my life, I want to say, I brought it. I brought it. I want to be known as somebody who brings it. Um, Speaking of weight, I want us to be the kind of people who say we're not afraid to add weight. See, in order for us to grow, we got to add weight. I'm, I'm, I have this goal right now to be able to lift 315 pounds in a bench press, in a squat, and a deadlift. So 315 pounds bench, 315 pounds squat, 315 pounds deadlift. That's a 45-pound bar with six 45-pound plates, three on each side. My body hurts. <laughs> I'm not there yet. I used to be able to squat that much. I used to be able to deadlift that much. Hate it when people say that. I used to be able to. I don't care what you used to be able to. What can you do now? <laughs> don't live in your past. Live now and the best is yet to come. But I used to be able to do <laughs> I'm not there right now. My goal is to get there by the end of the year. Now, for me to get there, I gotta add more weight. I gotta lift more than I've lifted before. I gotta push myself. I gotta get on a program. I gotta eat more. I gotta be disciplined. So bringing it to get the results means I gotta show up every day in my diet, in my fitness, and in my mindset. And part of the mindset is, I can't be afraid to add more weight. What you'll discover is as you add more weight, you're capable to do more than you thought you could. This isn't about weightlifting. This is about your relational capacity. This is about your capacity to love. This is about what you do at work. This is about serving in church. This is about your time commitment. This is about your schedule. This is about everything in life. You are far more capable of doing more than you thought you could. But you limit yourself because of excuses. You limit yourself, I limit myself, because we like comfort, because we like the easy way. We cannot be afraid to add more weight. So, hey, what do you think about leading this ministry area? Bring it on. I'll add the weight. I'll figure it out. Let's make it happen. I'm going to do the thing that scares me. I'm going to do the thing I've never done before. Because I know when I do that, I'll grow. And I might fail. But at least I tried. At least I gave my all. And it's okay for you to fail. As long as you're failing forward. And this happens a lot in church, but it extends beyond church. It goes to our family. It goes to our workplace. It goes to every area in our life, but I see it a lot in church. People are afraid to add more weight, to take on more responsibility, to do the thing God is calling them to do in a greater capacity because I just don't have the time. Really, it just comes down to I want convenience, and I want comfort, and I want what I want right so we want to be the kind of people I want to be the kind of person who's not afraid to add more weight and so if you've made progress in your life I want to I want want you to hear me say this good job but keep going don't rest on your laurels don't get satisfied Don't get content. Don't just sit where you are. Good job, but keep going. So, are you willing to bring it? Now I want to focus on church. When it comes to the ministry God has called you to in this church, we want to be the kind of people who show up with great attitudes week in and week out. We're going to bring it. We want to come expectant. We're going to bring it. We're not the kind of people who say, I don't do that. We do it all because we bring it. We say, what more can I do? Because we bring it. One of the best things that I can do for you as your pastor, if you'll let me to, if you'll let me, is add more weight. Is pull the potential God has placed in you, out of you, and help you see that you can accomplish far more than you ever thought you could. I want to help you see what God can do through you. And left to your own, me left on my own, we probably won't see that. That's why people hire trainers. So that trainer can say, do another rep. I know you're tired. Do another set. That's what a pastor is there for. To help you see the potential God has placed in you and live greater. That's what a pastor is there for. To tell you, hey, you say yes to too many things, and you do all of them crappy. Please stop doing that. Pick what's important and do only those. That's what a pastor's there for. To say, you keep going and going and going. When is your Sabbath? When is your rest? When do you stop? So don't hear me just saying like, I'm just going to be like, you got to do, 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 do. Most of the time, that is the case. But a lot of the times, too, it's, when's your Sabbath, and how are you caring for yourself? So in all we do, we want to be the kind of people who bring it, who dig deeper, and ultimately who live out 1 Corinthians 10.31. So, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Do it all for the glory of God. I don't want to just show up half hearted and mail it in because I'm doing it for God's glory. I want when people look at me, for them to say, there's something different about Him in the way that I love, in the way that I live, in the way that I lead, in everything I do. And I want to be able to say, oh, do you know what? You know I do that, right? You, you, you do know why I show up and bring it every day. Oh, it's because I'm doing it for God. And it's just, that's not just for pastors, that's for Christians, for all of us. So, we bring it. Hey, well, thanks so much for listening. My hope is that you were inspired by what you heard and your inspiration would move you to action. And you would want to join our launch team. You can check out more information and join our team at thisisjourney.church. You can also give there to support The ministry can sign up for our prayer team to be praying for what God is doing in and through us. But my hope is you'll join us and get in on the ground level because the journey continues.